and welcome to another episode of the Asking for a Friend podcast. It's an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. My name is Duffy Henderson, and I'm your host. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and the benefit of God's people. Here we hope to provide helpful, thoughtful, and most importantly, biblical material as we address everyday life questions and issues. So if you find this podcast helpful, please take a few moments to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from it. Thanks for listening in, and may the Lord bless this episode in particular greatly to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth and your benefit. Well, today uh, I am joined by a few folks who have not been on the podcast in a little while. Firstly, I'm joined by Jason Rowland, my co-host. Jason, how are you this morning? Great. Right. It's a happy Reformation Day. It is yes, we're recording on Reformation Day and unfortunately we're not that's not the topic of the episode today. Yep. But uh, it's a good day. Um, However, we did do an episode on Martin Luther in one of our Old Dead Guys that's series. True. Yep. And uh, please go back and listen to it. It's a few episodes back. I don't recall the specific one now, but uh, it's I think a, it's episode one sixty four. I you, looked at You it would up. know. Yep. You would know. <laughs> You've got the perfect memory with those things. It cracks me up. Well, Jason and I are glad to do another episode today uh, regarding biblical counseling, and we're joined by Jared and Whitney. Hey, good. How are you guys this morning? Good. Good. No complaints. No. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful, crisp, chilly morning, just above freezing. Uh, sun is out, and uh, it's October good. the 31st. October the 31st, and it's a good day to record today. So we're going to just talk about um, a recent conference that you guys uh, attended um, recently in California, and I'll get Jason to give a little more detail there, and just talk about our biblical counseling ministry here. Uh, we kicked that off uh, earlier this year, if I'm not mistaken. It's been in the works for quite some time, and there's a lot of good work happening uh, right now uh, here in our counseling room. We're actually recording in the room that um, our counseling sessions, are, are uh, they take place in, and we just want to have some information for our church and those who listen to the podcast Uh, to be encouraged today if you're listening, and maybe this will encourage you to get involved if the Lord has placed that upon your heart. So without further ado, Jason, uh, talk to us just a little bit about the conference that you guys attended recently. We attended the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors Annual Conference in California earlier this month. This would have been October the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And the counseling ministry that we have at Believer's Baptist Church, as you said just a moment ago, Duffy, was something that uh, took several years, about two to almost three years to get it started. We just kicked it off um, about a year ago, maybe a little less than a year ago. And so it has been progressing. Um, More people are uh, coming and receiving counseling. It's free biblical counseling which is not Christian counseling, but it's biblical counseling. You'll have to go back in the podcast and look at previous episodes that we have done. We've done several with Patrick Covington. We've done several with Morris Bean, a certified public, uh, certified um, biblical counselor from Greenville. So you can go back and listen to previous episodes that we've done concerning the issue of biblical counseling. But Jared and Whitney and I were able to go um, as I said, early October of this month, um, earlier this month. And um, this would have been the second time that we had actually gone to an ACBC uh, conference. And so it's always informative, and it's uh, it really does give us tools in which we can help others. And that's part of the process. Our church is so gracious to allow us to go. Uh, Patrick Covington didn't 
uh, was not able to go with us uh, this time for various reasons. But we were, in, uh, as we said, in Santa Clarita, California, at Grace Baptist Church, who hosted that. We had several plenary conferences um, or sessions, I should say. We had several breakout sessions that we attended. And so each of us, Jared chose, G, uh, uh, Whitney chose, I chose several breakout sessions that we could attend, and we tried to uh, be able to, to attend something different and then be able to come back and... Do the divide and conquer thing, yeah, right? Yeah, kind of communicate to one another. Yeah. And so um, I guess the, the thing that we want to do is just talk about some of the benefit of the conference just for a short time and then perhaps talk about some of the future ideas that we have. Yeah, well, one quick thing. So what was the overall, most of these conferences have a theme. Was there an overall theme for this conference this year? It was called Living and Active. It was really about the sufficiency of Scripture for biblical counseling. Oh, amen. That's a great topic. So that that's the key to um, understanding biblical counseling. That's the difference between biblical counseling and Christian counseling is a reliance on the sufficiency, the authority of Scripture. Well, yeah, before we go into some of the benefits of the conference, let's let's do that in just a minute. But I'd like to ask Whitney and Jared, were there any particular uh, memorable speakers or sessions or, you know, moments in the conference that particularly jumped out at you, um, that, that you you brought home, kind of that, that nugget uh, that you brought home that, man, I can really apply this as we counsel um, next week. Like, it was really helpful for you. Anything like that? The first plenary speaker was Dale Johnson, and he uh, his topic was well, he titled his his talk "Folly of Fig Leaves," and he was taking um, the fig leaves that were on you know given or that Adam and Eve made for themselves to he was um, equating that with mainstream methodology, counseling methodologies, uh, and therapies, and you know he's he was saying. Uh, the the fig leaves are temporary. They're a Band-Aid fix. They do help to an extent, but they have to constantly be replaced and constantly addressed. And so uh, a phrase he said was, you know, mainstream counseling sees with natural eyes to observe symptoms as problems. So, you know, I, I feel really, you know, I feel this way or that way, and they're trying to help you to not feel that way anymore without, you know, really digging at what is in my heart that is the real problem. What what position of my heart is the real problem? And so he said, what we need to do is to seek to see with spiritual eyes. Um, and so another thing he said was, you know, mainstream therapy sees true things. Um, they see that you really are dealing with this, and it really was maybe this thing that happened in childhood. But he said, what we what biblical counseling does is it sees things truly. So they see true things, but they deal with it as a Band-Aid fix. And and in spiritual counseling, we seek the Holy Spirit to reveal things so we can see them with spiritual eyes and see things truly. Let me jump in real quickly. Uh, So what you just said rings really true to me uh, because uh, there's so much superficial fixes to things uh, that, you, you know, we can all think about. You know, when we feel a certain way, our feelings change like a whim, you know, like the wind sometimes. And an experience that we may have will make us feel one way. But the underlying issue is sometimes something like discontentment Mm -hmm. or anger Mm -hmm. or um, sadness over something, you know, or uh, not sadness. um, You get the idea. Those deep-seated issues that the symptoms, you don't treat the symptom. You have to treat the root of the issue. Mm -hmm. So 
They uh, said there's the sin behind God. the sin. That, that's right. Exactly. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Right. So the word of God is the only thing that's uh, sufficient to right. address those things. So right. That's good. Because the, the, the motion is real. And um, the, the circumstances real. are real. Yeah, the circumstances Everything's are real. Everything's real. Um, it just... Right. It just where does that motion, what, what belief system does that motion hit? That's right. You know, is, it a, is it from the world or is it from the word of God? Yeah. And so, yeah. That's good. Um, good stuff. Yeah. Anything else, Whitney, real quickly before we pass it off um, to I, I know someone who's in a mainstream ca- uh, therapy and um, it is helping to an extent. They are, they're, this person told me, I can feel it helping. I can feel uh, painful memories becoming less painful. Um, but the, you know, one thing they said in that fig leaf, he said in the fig leaf talk was that a therapy is not just a, a method. It is a whole ideology. It comes as a package. And so biblical counseling has sin, um, our sin, other sin, and our great enemy as our problem. That's our main problem in biblical counseling. In mainstream counseling, the problem is usually the trauma that you dealt with. And so, you know, the it's always you're always the victim and it's always you get this mentality that every it's the world against me and I just have to learn how to you know handle myself and deal with all these problems but um and to an extent like I said it is it can help but it isn't a full fix it doesn't go down to the root of it to say the real problem is that my response to feeling belittled as a child was to idolize feeling sufficient or feeling you know respected and I have turned feeling competent and respected into an idol in and of itself, and I get angry every time I'm corrected or, or criticized. The real problem is, yes, what, what maybe what was done to me as a child, but how have I, in my sin nature, responded, and how can I change that? And it's an excuse <laughs> to now live in a sinful way mm-hmm. because you have corrected the issue. And now you can live... You can live in an arrogant, self-sufficient way, and that's okay right. because you are conquering your exactly. uh, whatever it is that you, you fill in the blank. And that's kind of what I see with this person is that they are they may have less pain when they think of those memories, but I still see that they have bitter responses. And so uh, it's not a deep, true Interesting. fix. Yeah. Right. Those mainline therapies and ideas and philosophies – they don't deal with the idolatry of the heart. Mm. So the, it's a heart. Every sin is a heart issue. So their circumstances are not just the result of some childhood experience or some traumatic event. It is because your heart has craved something for self that, that has put yourself in a place above God. And so we all have idolatry, and that's the main core of sin. And so these mainstream philosophies and ideas are not going to do what the Word of God can do. Yeah, that's right. Jared, do you have anything to add? Right well, now? it's because these things are like, you know, we want, um, we want security. We want uh, value. We want to feel uh, loved. We want to feel security. And all those things are great in Christ. I mean, they're wonderful. Amen. And um, it's just when uh, those aren't met, uh, a fear button gets hit. And so... We go the opposite of that, and um, and we idolize um, the, the, those things. Those so, desires in and of yeah, themselves. Yeah. And they we become the God. We manipulate to get those desires fulfilled, and we um, uh, try and, to... And that's justified, kind of like what I was saying a minute ago. That's justified because the end justifies the means in those situations. I can be this way because this is how I fix myself. So therefore, living this way or acting this way is okay it's kind of this relativistic moral system or ethical uh, dilemma that you find yourself in. And obviously that is contrary to the word of God. 
Okay, really good stuff. Anything else y'all want to add to this portion? I want to I want to talk about just for a moment because I, I think it's a good follow up with what Winnie just said, and and this is uh, something that fits into the context of the whole conference. That is this idea that the scripture is sufficient to be able to deal with people's problems. And one of the plenary sessions was Abner Chow, and he's with the the Masters University uh, with John MacArthur, um, and he's written a lot of books and articles, but he actually preached um, a sermon that was called Common Grace and the Sufficiency of Scripture. But here's one of the things that he said that just was the, the, the greatest nugget for me. Yeah. He, did a, he so did a phenomenal true. job. He did a great job. Yes, so. he did, Jared. He did a phenomenal job. But he said that we will listen intently to the so-called expert. I'm doing air quotes. So-called expert. But when it comes... Um, We'll listen to the so-called expert on YouTube. We'll listen to the YouTube video. But when it comes to what God says, we argue and we question and we deny and we rebel. That hits the nail on the head. It does. So we'll gladly listen to that so-called expert that tells us how to, to build a shelf or to fix a car or to repair a dishwasher. And we'll take it, but when the Word of God says to us, this is your sin, this is what you do about it, we're justifying and excusing and rationalizing it. But even all of the uh, the influencers, I don't know if that's what he was specifically referring to. I'm even thinking of the, you know, the younger generation, not the how-to stuff, but mm-hmm. all the influencers that are on mm-hmm. have YouTube channels, mm-hmm. uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, not so much Twitter anymore, but mainly Instagram. Uh, some Snapchat stuff and all of those kinds of things with the last, the younger generation. Mm-hmm. And boy, they anything have lots that of little they disciples. Yes, they have lot thousands mm-hmm. and thousands of little their little uh, their little group leaders on their little social media accounts. And boy, anything they say is right, right and good and right. Man, that's, I think that's I think the point is that we willingly listen to what we think is the person who can give us the the greatest benefit and the information and we take the 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 eternal all wise all merciful um just righteous perfect god and we argue with him about what he says and we you know get into well he just wants me to be happy um he wouldn't want me to live like this well i can't help myself it's the way that he made me and we argue with him in that way, and uh, it makes no sense. Of course, any sin, no sin makes sense. It's all irrational. Sin is always irrational, right? That's right. That's right. And the Word of God is definitional, so that all of our, um, all of our thinking, all of our ways that we react, all the ways that we contemplate, um, and our actions, our thoughts, our motives ought to be defined by the Word of God, not by our feelings and our circumstances um, and the people in our lives. And it's exactly what Jared was talking about. All those things of acceptance and value and respect and safety, the security, those are not not evil in and of themselves. They're natural. God's designed us with those things. And right. That's but a apart good thing. from Christ, they make, they become sin. They become idols. Yeah. Our, so. our peace and our comfort become 
um, idolaters. Okay, so as we kind of shift in just a moment to some more practical things for our particular ministry here, um, Jared and Whitney, do y'all have any particular, um, and I, I know we've kind of discussed this already, but just like one, uh, Jer- uh, Jason shared a one line from Abner, and just one thing that, that really, uh, uh, Jared, I don't know if you specifically have, m- have mentioned anything, anything that you brought home from that? Yeah, the, um, uh, w- once again, it's the idea, I don't, I don't know if something new just re- helps reiterate, but uh, I, I sent uh, through John Babbler, his uh, breakout session, and uh, just using uh, the biblical narrative to counsel. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there, there truly is, um, the, whole, the whole word of God can be used in counseling. And so uh, just this idea of um, even when we come in to, to counsel, just to already have your Bible open, and because uh, that speaks that this is this is our authority, and uh, this is and where our hope. Yeah, this is our hope. This is where we're coming from, and um, and just the importance of if if we can get the counselees to understand that. I mean, Jason, we're talking about this this past week. Um, let the word do its job, and uh, to come and sit every Sunday under the preaching of the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, come and the the reason we want you to memorize scripture because it's the word doing its work in the mind and the heart. Uh, the reason we uh, make you do homework is because you're in the Word every single day. Uh, let that do its work. And so if you're just sitting with us, it's just an hour. Uh, but if you're there every Sunday uh, memorizing Scripture in the Word every single day, that's way more hours than sitting with us. Um, and that takes it off of us. That It's not us doing the work. It's the Word of God. And um, Yeah, I so. think that for me, what I've seen is the aspect of biblical counseling that is the most attractive is that it's not the brilliance of the counselor that makes the counseling work. It's the sufficiency and the power of the word. So it's not the brilliance of Jared or Whitney. You are appealing to scripture because that is where wisdom comes from. You're appealing to the fountainhead of all wisdom. Um, not only that, but it's the only authority that we have. The only authority. We have no authority That's in and right. of ourselves. No power in and of ourselves. You can't change anyone's life. Um, you, you know... You're, you have limited experience. We all have limited experience in our lives. We don't have an endless well of wisdom, but the Word is sufficient. The Word is our place where we draw stuff. So, so let me just mention a few of the breakout sessions, and I want Whitney to speak um, because of uh, I know she has some breakout sessions or maybe some other thoughts, but like one of the sessions I attended was Jesus as the model counselor from the Gospel of John. Another one that I attended was resting our hearts in God alone applying 60, uh, Psalm 62 to people facing affliction. Um, th- another one that I attended was called Biblical Counseling and Spiritual Warfare. So that, that's just a small sample of the really plethora. I mean, there's probably a 100 to maybe even more uh, breakout sessions that we could have attended. And we had five different times that we actually were able to do that. We had to leave early because... The weather got bad on us, and that's another long story on how we got back. But um, we had some really terrible weather here and canceled our flights. But we'll, we'll save that for another time. But some of those breakout sessions, Whitney, I don't know if you have another one that you uh, particularly enjoyed and it was beneficial that you want to speak about. Um, I accidentally went to, I realized a couple sessions in that my name tag was all wrong. I was I went I went to a room. <laughs> our, our, our name tag uh, showed us what a yeah, breakout session yeah. we were in. So 
Sometimes those get wonky. I've, I've experienced that myself. I'm not sure one of them was right on my name tag. So I just <laughs> disregarded my name tag at a certain point. Just but went to wherever you. Yes. Yeah. But I think at first it was, uh, it was by God's design. And so I ended up in Psalm 62 and I'm like, what am I doing in here? I know this is not what I chose. Um, but it turned out that it was very good. He just went through Psalm 62 and picked out, you know, really good tips for a counselor, how to, how to lean on scripture, um, which is really when we talk about the word of God and the sufficiency of scripture, it's a person, you know, you are, this is not just a book that we're going to throw verses at you and you're going to be better. It is, it is becoming intimately acquainted with, with the Trinity, with God, the father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy spirit. And that is why we lean on scriptures because we're trying to get you to know the person. And so, um, he, he was, you know, going through Psalm 62 and there was one, tidbit that I wrote down, and I actually think it's going to be crucial for one of the counselees we're working with. And maybe it was just for her that my name tag was printed wrong. <laughs> and so um, uh, it, it was just, it was really good. He talked about using, you know, we get into a habit of just really simple tips, but I think that they're important. Really sim- like uh, he said, we get in a habit of saying, dear Heavenly Father, and that's how we open all our prayers. And it's not wrong at all, but he said, you know, become acquainted with all the aspects of God and pray you know, if you're feeling unstable, God of stability, uh, open your prayers addressing him for the, uh, you know, the, the fear of the moment. And uh, he said, another thing is to really, instead of when we feel a lot of uh, intense emotion or, you know, we're in a sinful response pattern, our tendency is to go numb ourselves. We, we have all these different ways that we numb ourselves. We get on social media or we explode or, you know, we have all these uh, poor coping mechanisms. So he said, Get in the habit of letting that be your impetus to go pour your soul out mm, to God. Tell a, tell a counselee, this is your impetus to go pour your soul out to God. And that's what Psalm 62 is. You're kind is. of at a fork in the road right there, right? And you have the ability to, uh, you know, to make that poor decision to explode or to do that or to pour yourself into. You're always faced in that. Mm-hmm. Which way, mm-hmm. you know? That's good. Uh, and let me make this point because Whitney went to that one, and I also had gone to that particular session, but I didn't know that she had uh, gone in there, so we didn't sit with each other. But she got the benefit of that out of that session, and I got the benefit of um, the counselee memorizing verses 1 and 2 and, and emphasizing that as part of the um, way to work through a, affliction. And uh, because Psalm 62 speaks to that. And so the point being, we, we both went to the same session accidentally mm-hmm. or providentially. Right. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so she got one benefit and I got another. So yeah. it just proves, again, the value of being able to attend these opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Anything? You've got something? You've got no, the Bible I, I, open I here. just was playing off our, uh, what, what she was saying because I, I think on, about with the, uh, you know, I love Nehemiah's prayer um, mm-hmm. there in chapter one, and he says, um, you know, he continues to to fast and he, pr- and he prays and he opens up, O Lord God of heaven, uh, the God who is keeps covenants and steadfast love. Oh, so man. he is he is praying to the God who keeps the covenant and said, uh, w- w- we say, dear heavenly Father, he's saying, the God who keeps the covenants and uh, steadfast love. And so he he knows in that moment what's going on in his situation. Um, he knows specifically that attribute of God that he's crying out to, and he so. knows his God. Right. That that prayer right there evokes that you you can feel the intensity with which. And if you read continue reading, you can know he know, Nehemiah knows who it is that has his only hope. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, that's good stuff. You've just been listening to the first part of a two-part conversation on biblical counseling. Be sure to tune in next week to the second and final portion of this episode. We sure hope this episode's been a blessing to you. Don't forget to like or share the podcast with someone that you think would also benefit from it. And as usual, grace and peace be with you all.